Hello, and welcome back to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT, your place for girls basketball. I'm Scott Erickson, the host and the girls basketball writer for Game Time CT, and we are joined by the new co-host of the show, Will Aldham. Will, how you doing, buddy? Good, how you doing? Good, thanks for joining us on the show, it's awesome. Uh, we had Pete on the show last year, but uh, everything he did was just go to hockey games, so it didn't serve the girls' basketball podcast very well. <laughs> but I appreciate Pete's effort. I really appreciate Pete's effort. But you've been out. You've seen some games. like So this should, this should go pretty well. Uh, we're going to be joined in a little bit by Newington's second-year head coach, Mark Tancredi. Uh, Newington's out to a really good 7-1 and start this season, playing well out of the CCC. Uh, CCC, of course, has four teams in the top 10 right now um, with Newington joining this week. So the CCC is playing really, really well from their conference this year. Um, we're going to talk to the coach about his conference and what's going on with them. Um, you know, some of the voters, you know, we've gotten into the poll before, but the voters sometimes vote in strange ways, you know, and, and vote teams that have lost to teams ahead of other teams and teams are picking, you know, Newtown beat Norwalk. And everyone, half the people, I would say, voted Norwalk above Newtown in the poll this year. Um, so you've been out. What, what, did you see some games this past? Yeah, this last week I caught uh, Hand and Amity. Yeah. A little bit of a one-sided game there. Surprised some people. What did uh, you think of Sarah Wogelmuth? She's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a really good player. Yeah, she stands out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Jillian Martin's pretty good for Amity. I don't know if she had a good game or if they yeah, held no, her in she check. Definitely, uh, uh, yeah, she was the only one of the Amity players who was really standing out. Yeah, uh, Hands got two losses, but they're still in the top ten. I think the voters realized that they're a really good team. Uh, I think I think they're still one of the top three teams in the SEC. Uh, I think they're going to do really well in Class L this year too. Um, you know, in the SEC, we got Sacred Heart Academy, who's opening up an eight zero. Uh, they finally get Hamden this week, uh, which is going to be their hardest game of the season. And we'll see if, if Sacred Heart Academy can get through that game. Then I think more people will take them, uh, you know, as a legitimate thing. You know, they, they've had a decent schedule so far in the SEC, but it hasn't been. They haven't played any of the top teams yet. They haven't played Hand. They haven't played Shelton. Um, but they've had some nice wins, including a win at Mercy, which you know I know Mercy's a little bit down this year, but. It's still mercy. So for Sacred Heart Academy to be 8-0, that's a really awesome start for them. They've already qualified for the state tournament, um, and we'll see. You know, they play Hamden this week, and, and, and we'll see if, if they can do anything there. Um, the FCAC is as wide open as I've ever seen it. I don't know if you've seen any FCAC girls games. Have you gotten to any of those yet? No, not yet. No? Uh, New Canaan and Darien, huge surprises. Um, and then, you know, Stanford's undefeated at the top. Uh Trumbull's playing really well, although Trumbull lost to Darien this week. Um, Staples is playing really well. We got Staples playing Norwalk Tuesday night. That should be an awesome game. Uh, St. Joe's is out to a seven and one start. Uh, Greenwich is six and two. I've seen Greenwich this year. They have a really, really good freshman. Remember this girl's name, Mackenzie Nelson. Mackenzie Nelson. She is a freshman. She is lighting it up for Greenwich. Like in three years, we're going to talk about her. I mean, she's a D one talent. You can see it when she's on the court already. Um, and then in the SWC, of course, number one team in the state, uh, Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, I had a chance to go see them against Bethel, and they just destroyed Bethel. And Bethel's a pretty good team. They got Miranda Nyborg, who's an All State player, six three center. But Yamani McCullough 
who was a sophomore last year, junior this year, has taken a bigger leap than any girl I've seen in a long time. She's the best player I've seen so far. She scored 30 points in that game, had seven assists. Notre Dame Fairfield is legitimate number one. They got a bunch of weapons out there that can play really, really well. Uh, they get their biggest test of the season. They play Pomperog Friday, and then next week they play Newtown. Uh, after that, I don't think they're going to be challenged very much in the SWC. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, they're the number one team. I voted them number one. I'm just going to run through the teams that I voted, and then we will get to our interview with uh, Mark Tancredi. Um, I had Notre Dame Fairfield number one. These are my picks, by the way. Not the, If you want to see the top 10, go on GameTimeCT.com. It's all on there. But these are the teams I voted for. Notre Dame Fairfield 1, uh, New London 2, Newtown 3, Norwalk 4, remembering that Newtown beat Norwalk, uh, Stanford number 5, uh, Berlin out of the CCC I had at number 6. I had East Catholic 7. Berlin and East Catholic are both undefeated. Um, I had Pomperog number 8, and I had Newington number 9. Again, Pomperog beat Newington. Newington's only loss. I think Pomperog deserves to be ahead of them. Uh, I had Staples at number 10. Uh, and then I had Hand 11, Bacon Academy 12, Sacred Heart Academy 13. And I closed out my top 15 votes with Trumbull and Glastonbury. The voters pretty much had – everyone had Notre Dame first. And then there's some mix of New London, Newtown, Norwalk – uh new newtown fell down in the poll a little bit because there's two voters that one that didn't have them at all and then one that had them very low so they ended up getting pushed down but that's what happens in the poll sometimes right pete <laughs> pete's got no microphone and he's got about <laughs> 50 stitches in his mouth right now uh so uh we are going to get to our interview with newington coach mark tancredi and we'll be right back with that all right, we are joined now by second-year Newington coach Mark Tancredi. Uh, Newington is off to an awesome start this season. Uh, coach, how are you? Welcome to Give and Go. Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me on. It's a tremendous privilege to be on. <laughs> uh, you guys are off to an awesome start. It's your second season up there. Um, you were 17-3 and last year in your first season. When you took over as coach there, what was the one or two thing that you really needed to kind of switch up, or is it just that you had a bunch of really good players come in? Um, I mean, it, it, we did have we did have good players currently in the program, but one of the biggest things um, we did was just uh, you know change up the culture a little bit, um, held all our players to a high expectation level and high standard, and we talk about it all the time, um, just holding them to the Newington standard, which is effort, attitude, and competitiveness not only on the court but off the court too um and just holding them accountable um and then being very transparent with our players and they've responded they've bought into what the coaching staff has wanted to do so far in the two years that i've been there i know you only had two seniors this year i don't know how many you had last year and did those did the seniors you had last year buy in and then does that trickle down to everybody else yeah i think it starts with your upperclassmen and the seniors and um, we were fortunate enough that our senior group of uh, four bought in, um, and that just shows our underclassmen, you know, what it takes to be successful, and they lead by example. And that's absolutely what we have this year with uh, Sabrina Solar and Ashanti Frazier. Yeah. Um, because they set the standard for us. Yeah, yeah. You only have two seniors in the team. Um, let's start with Ashante. For people who have not seen her, tell us about Ashante Frazier and, and what makes her so special. She's having a great season so far. 
I mean, when thinking about Ashanti, the first word that comes to mind is just competitor. She's the ultimate competitor. Um, she's a crafty guard. Um, I, I haven't seen many guards in Connecticut high school basketball that can get to the hoop like she can. Um, she's a really good defender, too. Um, she can handle the ball really well. Um, but going back to that competitive aspect, she's hit some big shots for us. Um, and there's that saying, uh, big players make big plays, and she's done that um, a couple games so far in the Bristol Eastern game, hitting the buzzer beater, and then um, against Windsor the other night, uh, hitting a shot to put us up within the final seconds of that game. That Windsor game had to be a big win for the girls. Did you guys feel a big boost from that win? Yeah, we did. I mean, every every game we treat as its uh, separate identity, um, but there's a little extra motivation because that was a team that was one of our three losses last year, so we kind of wanted to um, get a little bit of uh, revenge uh, and uh, win that game, especially on our home court. And yeah. uh, looking at our record from the past two seasons, we're, right now we're 14-1, and one. Um, in the in the past two years on our home court, so we didn't want to lose that. And uh, Windsor was a really good team; they gave us a really good battle, um, and we were fortunate enough to pull that game out. And then Sabrina Soler, uh, you know, what does she offer your team as a senior? Uh, just it's just toughness. Um, she's a real tough girl, and unfortunately, we lost her four minutes into the uh, the first game of the season against Glastonbury. She went down with an ankle injury, so she missed. Um, additional four games yeah. um, but sh- since she's been back she's added an extra toughness and an extra piece for us um, and she's versatile because she can put the ball on the floor a little bit um, she can kind of create when she gets the ball in the middle um, and she's able to finish and uh, get rebounds for us so that helps us out a lot and you got a bunch of young players in the team Carissa Zuko, Alexa Moore a few other sophomores and juniors how are they yeah, ste- how are they stepping up I think the biggest surprise right now has been um, Alexia Moore um, going into the season. Rebounding uh, was something that we thought we were going to struggle with. Um, losing Olivia St. Remy, who averaged 10-plus rebounds a game for us last year. Right. And um, Alexia's kind of filled that role. And out of the five of eight games that we played, she's had double-figure rebounds. Um, and she's been great offensively and defensively. She's one of our best defenders. Um, and when you talk about Carissa, um, she's just a pure shooter. I, I haven't seen a girl her age shoot the ball as well as as she does, um, and she's really working on expanding her game right now with putting the ball on the floor. But, I mean, the thing that not many people know, she's, she's just a great kid, too. All her kids are great kids, but she's just a great kid, very coachable, and wants to get better. Um, she's had a really good sophomore year so far for us. How much does having Ashante with defense is obviously having to focus on her she can handle the ball really well. How much does that open things up for like spot shooters like Carissa? Yeah, I mean, it opens up a lot for Carissa because we know they're going to key on Ashanti, um, but they're both such different guards and such different players that um, while Ashanti is able to kind of get to the basket, um, Carissa plays the perimeter, so Ashanti is able to drive and then kick it to Carissa, and that's just hard to defend in itself. Um, but it's not only about those two. It's about our other players, too, and our role players. They've really stepped up, and they filled filled those holes that we needed um, to be filled this year. Um, that's what makes us extra dangerous is that if those two aren't hurting you, there's somebody else that's going to have um, a good night. Uh, last year, you guys made it to the double L quarters. You lost to an excellent New London team. How much did that experience help you coming into this year? And you guys are down in, back in L this year. But how much did that run last year help you gain experience and confidence coming into this year? It helped us a lot, and uh, we talked about it. And I thought the New London game was great for us because it kind of showed us 
um, where we needed to be to compete for a state championship. And we were right there for the most part. We were down 10, 12 points, and then we took the lead um, in the third quarter, but then quickly lost it. Just credit to New London and how good they were, but it just shows us the level of, um, you know, talent and competitiveness and um, how important it is to execute um, against teams like that to be elite. I mean, L is a very good, conf- uh, you know, very good division two. What did you think when you guys, when the realignment came out and you guys were, were in L as opposed to double L this year? Um, I, I mean, we, we were excited. Uh, I mean, I, I have the mentality that I'll play wherever um, the right. CIC wants to put us, but uh, we're excited. But also that you look at the L and the L is loaded, not to take anything away from the other divisions. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of good teams um, in L, so it's it's going to be difficult either way. Is that one of the reasons you went out and scheduled Pomperog, Sheehan, and Cromwell as your three uh, out-of-conference games this year? I mean, those are two state finalists, and Pomperog's a really good basketball team. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to play tough composite, uh, competition outside of the uh, CCC. Um, we were fortunate enough to schedule those games, and I knew those, that those teams typically have success and they're really good programs. Um, and I think you get more out of playing teams that are going to be competitive and going to challenge you than playing teams that it might not be such a competitive game. It has worn us down a little bit with the difficult schedule that we played, um, but we'll bounce back. I mean, the CCC is so difficult as well. Um, but, but I'm happy that we that we picked up those out-of-conference games. Uh, speaking of how good the CCC is this year, you guys have a big game coming up this next week against undefeated East Catholic. Uh, what's the preparation like for that one? Um, yeah, it is a big game. You're right. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm not focused on that game. We have Buckley on Tuesday, so that's where our focus is. Um, then I tell my team, uh, every practice that if we don't show up, we don't bring our best every night that um, we're going to get caught and we're going to be in a game or, or we're going to lose. Um, so right now our focus is Buckley, but like you said, just looking ahead to East Catholic, it's going to be a great game, um, but we won't start that preparation until uh, we get to Wednesday after we get through the Buckley game. Yeah, I mean, you have a stretch of games with East Catholic, Sheen, and Weathersfield. Those all three are tough. Um What's it? How have you seen the CCC in general this year? I know you guys don't play everybody because it's such a huge conference, but you do get Windsor, you do get Weathersfield, you do get East Catholic. Uh, what do you think of the CCC this season? Uh, it's really strong. Just like looking at it top to bottom, I was looking through the um, the CCC standings and every team is really competitive and also every team is very different um, in terms of style. Um, so it's anybody's game any night. Um, there's not really any pushovers. Um, and like you mentioned with Weathersfield, they're in our division and they're going to be an extremely tough game when we do the play and they have a really strong senior class. Um, and then, you know, the likes of Hall and we played Windsor. Um, those are, those are all competitive games. So yeah. uh, top to bottom, CCC is very strong this year. When you go out and you play Pomperog, who's from the SWC, do you see a different uh, a difference in the style of play between SWC and CCC teams? Uh, I I don't see a you know a huge difference. Yeah. Um, what I can say about Pomperog is that they're really well coached um, and they defend extremely hard. Um, they made life difficult for us. We uh, we struggled on the offensive end, and I don't think that we played played bad, but we just did not play well enough to win. And Pomperog executed their game plan well to um, take away the things that we wanted to do. But in terms of style of play, I haven't seen a huge difference so far. Yeah. Uh, between the conferences. 
when you when you're preparing for games and you, we don't you don't need to be specific about teams, but uh, are you altering your defensive approach game to game, or are you pretty much playing one style? Are you guys a man to man team, a zone team, or are you adjusting uh, opponent by opponent? Yeah, I mean they, primarily uh, man, but we we will switch it up based on the personnel. Um, like for instance, an earlier game this year, East Hartford, we we played three two for most of the time, right. which we found success in. So it just it's what the game strategy is and what the other team's personnel is. We'll base it off of that. When you guys are playing man, like how much does that help you? I mean, some of these I see a lot of zone defense in the girls' game. If you can play man to man defense really well, what what benefit does that give you guys? Um, I'm, first, I, I believe in our defense and um, our mentality on the defensive end, and I think we're a pretty good defensive team. That's why we do it. But in terms of advantage, it, it, it tests other players' skills to break defenders down and um, make a play. And also, you know, it tests coaches to, to run sets against man-to-man defense, which is sometimes difficult. Um, so we think we have the advantage where um, we can kind of pressure people and put them in uncomfortable spots when we play man defense. And then what do you do to work with the girls for off-the-ball man defense? Like when you're in a zone, you know you got your area to cover, but off-the-ball man-to-man defense is something I don't think a lot of people think about. But what do you do to kind of work with the girls and, and get them to be where they're supposed to be off the ball in, in a man-to-man defense? You want you want me to give away all my no, I, I know your secrets. <laughs> um, I mean, it's I'm just talking general strategy. You know? <laughs> basic basketball principles. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Right. Um, you know, we we go through practice and you do typical shell drill, but just just talking about like where you need to be in terms of where the ball is and where the basket is, um, and how much you can help. Um, where your offensive player is and where you should be. Um, and that's also based off of personnel. Like if we know somebody is a really good driver, we might overhelp just a little bit if the team um, struggles to shoot the ball from the outside. So that's right. all personnel based and kind of what we do every day um, with that, with those shell concepts and defensive principles. Yeah, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but I'm just, I'm just talking general strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that stuff. Um and then, does it help you uh, to practice? I mean, to practice against man, like, do you, are your girls more prepared for that? And uh, going into a game, like, if a team might throw a man or a zone at you, like, you, you've seen more things then? We kind of cover all bases. Um, yeah. We practice against everything. And if we feel like we're going to see something um, the following game or within the next few days, uh, we'll practice against it. But we vary it. I don't like to be very routine. Um, I like to put our players in uncomfortable spots where they need to adjust because that's what's going to happen in the game, and you never know what's going to be thrown at you. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to talk. Uh, we got we got to ask everybody about this when they come on. Uh, how do you feel about shot clocks, and would you like to see one in the in the girls' game in Connecticut? I'm I'm a huge supporter of the shot clock. Um, coming from coaching junior college basketball, um, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. The benefits outweigh um, the arguments that we have not to have a shot clock. Um, for instance, I, I think it rewards the defense. Um, defending for 30, 35 seconds is more than enough time. Um, in an offensive possession because you'll see games where you know teams are holding the ball out or stalling and that's just not the way the game should be played especially if we want to prepare our players for the next level um, it's going to speed up the game speed up the number of possessions um, you're still in the game if you're down four with two minutes left you typically see teams hold the ball out and then you have to go into a situation where you have to foul um, and it also 
the coaches have to coach late clock situation, which right now we're only seeing at the end of quarters, but you'll have more of those situations in a game. Um, and then finally, I think the most beneficial thing is player development, having those players in those situations where they need to create for their own. Do you think it helps the girls that are going to be playing at the next level, obviously, too? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I talk to um, you know coaches if if they're coming to uh, look at our players and are interested in them, and I, I just kind of ask them like, do you see a difference um, or adjustment period in players when you get them at the college level? And there definitely is because if you're not used to that aspect of the game, um, you might not be aware of it once you get to that next level. Have you seen it come into play more at the end of games where a team is winning and trying to hold it, or? in games where there might be a mismatch and it seems like, hey, our best chance to beat Newington is to hold the ball and maybe take one or two shots a quarter or whatever it is. Uh, where have you seen that more? I mean, I, th- I, I see more of it in the, the stall tactic at the end of games. You right. have the lead and you want, you know, you just want to run the clock. I haven't seen a lot of just like stalling it out and limiting the amount of possessions that you're giving the other team. Um, so, you know, to answer the question, I think it's just at the end of game situations where teams are just trying to run the clock um, and play keep away. And that's a lot of time. I mean, it would probably be like, what, a 35 second clock? I mean, that, that is a lot of time to get a shot up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think it's more than enough time. And as as you see in our college game right now, I know the, the men, they have a 30 second clock. And then um, looking professionally, it's a 24 second clock. Not that we would ever consider that for high school, but um, it is more than enough time to. Um, run an offense. Now we're going to ask you the hard-hitting questions. If we come to Newington, I, I, where's the best place to go eat uh, in, in, in town? <laughs> best, best place to go eat. Uh, we've, <laughs> my wife and I have been uh, circulating some spots, but definitely um, Elm Hill Pizza on New Britain Ave. That's that's our spot. We usually get a, a pizza after a Friday night game. I like that um, all the time. But also uh, TJ's. Um, our coaching staff goes there after games sometimes, so you could catch us there after some games. But yeah, those are the two spots that um, I definitely like. TJ's is like a bar food kind of place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, listen, Coach, we really want to appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, best of luck this season. Uh, I know you got East Catholic, Sheen, and Weathersfield coming up. Uh, I'm hoping to get up to that Sheen game. That's on Martin Luther King Day in the afternoon. So. Uh, we hope to see you there, and, and best of luck with that and with everything else moving forward. All right, thanks. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the exposure that you give our athletes, so keep up the good work on your end. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach. We are back on Give and Go. We want to thank Newington Coach Mark Tancredi for joining us. Uh, I thought he was awesome. What do you think, Will? Yeah, seems like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a good guy and seems like a good coach. They got a good team up there. Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to try to get to that Sheehan game next week. I want to see Ashante Frazier in person. I've heard so many good things. And like I said, I'm voting Newington in my top 10. They didn't, uh, they, they just got in, but I think more team, more people will vote for them. Uh, if they can get by East Catholic this week and then get through Sheen and Weathersfield, we'll see. Uh, the East Catholic game, I think it's going to be a really good game. East, East Catholic, uh, is a team I don't know much about. And, um, you know, they haven't played any of the top, top teams in the league yet, but they've won other games, so that's all that really matters. Uh, so we will be back next week. We'll be putting these out hopefully every Monday. Uh, for Will, I am Scott. We'll see you next week on Give and Go.